Welcome to this edition of Monday Sermon. I'm Pastor Corey. Today is Monday, January 17th, 2022. This is a podcast of Winfield Baptist Church in Winfield, Pennsylvania. More information about our church can be found at winfieldbaptist.com. Our fighter verse for this week is Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This verse is at the end of what the Apostle Peter understood as David being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, and he was not abandoned to Hades, nor was his flesh see corruption. So, what do we do with this verse, and what does the entire psalm do for us, all of Psalm 16? Since Peter applies it to Jesus, does it offer us anything? Yes. Let's listen to the entire psalm and what David is asking in particular in verse 1. Verse 1 begins, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my God. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's not miss... David is speaking through the entire psalm. Preserve me, O God, for in you do I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God. I have no good apart from you. And while Peter rightly tells us that verses 9 through 11 are about Jesus, that point makes verses 1 through 8 all the better for David and for us. For David, he was looking forward to that which he could not see or know and yet was confident in God that the Messiah would secure for him his preservation and forever pleasures at God's right hand. For us who have believed in Jesus, we have seen and know that the Messiah has come. He has fulfilled this passage. Jesus was not abandoned to Sheol. The Holy One did not see corruption. That is, his body did not decay in the ground. Jesus' resurrection makes this psalm sing because it has shown to be sure. Now, for our Friday verse, while it is part of what Peter quotes in Acts chapter 2, I think it is both true for Jesus and for us who believe. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. First, God has made known to us the path of life. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, John 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life, 
that you know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom I have sent. Second, there is fullness of joy in the presence of God. We can experience God. We can experience the joy that he gives by knowing Jesus has secured for us our present um, position with God in Christ and our future position secured eternally for, for us in heaven. And thirdly, at God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is true for us, and we will experience that in the fullness at death or when he comes again. This verse is a reminder that in this life and in the life to come, God will preserve us. He'll guide us. He'll give us joy and welcome us into his presence with his pleasure because Jesus has risen victorious over death and the grave. Next, as we look forward, we are reminded of the disruptions in life that are out of our control. Normally, at this point in the podcast, I would talk about the sermon from Sunday, but I already did that last Monday for a sermon that I had not preached yet until yesterday. Disruptions, freezing rain, weather. So, if you missed last Monday's podcast, go back and listen to it, and it will recap the sermon. For today, the disruption offers an opportunity for something different. Today, we'll look ahead to our next sermon series. For the next 11 Sundays, Lord willing, we will journey through the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs are rich in practical application to life and all that life throws at us. What we will be looking at in our 11 weeks is the introduction to the Proverbs themselves. These first nine chapters are persuading us to receive the instruction of the Proverbs. They tell us why we should pay attention and why we should care about wisdom. There are, of course, Proverbs in these nine chapters, but the main point is preparing us to receive the bulk of them in chapters 10 through 31. The main point of the book is to help us live well in our relationship to God in his world that sin has corrupted. We'll end our talk today with a theological takeaway. Since we'll be on this journey together through Proverbs and looking a lot at wisdom, let's consider the idea of the wisdom of God. A.W. Tozer says this, When Christian theology declares that God is wise, it means vastly more than it can say, for it tries to make a comparatively weak word mean an incomprehensible meaning that threatens to tear it apart and crush it under the sheer weight of the idea. His understanding is infinite, says the psalmist. It is nothing less than infinitude that theology is here laboring to express. Since the word infinite describes what is unique, it can have no modifiers. We do not say or need to say more unique or very infinite. Before infinitude, we stand silent. The wisdom of God is one of his many attributes. His wisdom is one that he also gives to us in our limited capacities. God's vast reservoir of wisdom is ours to mine and glean from him and through his word. It is from him we must pursue it. Wisdom can be found elsewhere, but when it is found in the world or from the minds of men, it has been distorted and twisted by the curse of sin. 
Again, A.W. Tozer says this, Wisdom, when used of God and good men, always carries a strong moral connotation. It is conceived as being pure, loving, and good. Wisdom that is merely shrewdness is often attributed to evil men, but such wisdom is treacherous and false. These two kinds of wisdom are in a perpetual conflict. So, we may pursue godly wisdom, mined from God's reservoir of wisdom and gleaned from his glorious field and his word. But we must be also careful that we're not gleaning worldly wisdom and know the difference. As we journey through the Proverbs, I hope we will see more clearly the contrast between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. And so, I encourage you to read the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs and prepare for the journey ahead. Thanks for listening. I will hope you will tune in next Monday as we continue to be encouraged by the Word. Until then, I'm Pastor Corey, and this has been an episode of Monday Sermon, a podcast of Winfield Baptist Church.